getting ready. In a world of entrepreneurship, I'm getting ready. Tony tells it how it is. I'm getting ready. As a restaurateur, she continues to disrupt. I'm, I'm getting ready. And bring us the fucking sauce. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Tony Calderon. Hey, hey, guys. What's happening? It's uh, the week of Thanksgiving, and we are on the podcast. Say hi, Ma. Hi, Ma. Mom's here with me, and um, I just did a little Instagram story, so... That's why I'm talking in slow motion so I could capture this because that's what the cool kids are doing these days. So there, captured. If you want to see what's going on, you got to pay attention to the sauce and follow my podcast. That is all. Okay, so now I'm here and um, back in the studio after a couple weeks hiatus from having to think of all the things to say on my podcast and instead pursued things in real life. That's what I did. <laughs> I pursued things in real life. And what that means is my latest and greatest, which is top secret, and I'm still not going to say what it is. But if you're listening to this, you'll uh, get a step further in knowing what it has been going on behind the scenes for the last two and a half years. So you're going to talk for half an hour without... Saying what it is. Woo. Hell, yeah, challenge accepted. <laughs> Let's see if we could do it. Or if you're a listener... Right? Or, oh shit, I gotta put this on my on Instagram, because this might make more people listen. Hold on. <laughs> We're multitasking here, true Tony fashion. True Tony fashion. All right, so I'm doing this while Instagramming. Right. Multitasking, mother effer. Yep, so I'm going to talk the whole half hour without saying what the project is. But I'm going to hint... So if you want to know, you've got to listen to The Sauce, my podcast. Boom. How's that for marketing? <laughs> so um, the point is I'm, I'm gaining a lot of traction on people getting like curious. So I went live with me signing the lease for this thing and, you know, have been subtly dropping hints to what it is. And it's just fun. You got to make things fun, right? Or else they get redundant and you keep opening something and then like it gets lost yeah, in the sauce. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, she's doing something else. But I have to keep it exciting for me or else it becomes like robotic. And I become like a performing circus monkey for everybody. And they're like, oh, Tony's just doing another thing. But I like to keep everybody engaged and excited. So I stay excited. <laughs> so know that this is a give-take situation. I feel like that's almost a necessity, too, with just social media and just that that's modern marketing for you, basically. Right. Just well being top of mind and constantly just being in people's faces because everyone's attention span sucks these days sucks oh my god i know me and cody my boyfriend last night this guy all he does is scroll tiktok and it's my fault because i said check out tiktok and it's addicting so now i'm doing it so he goes let's start our tiktok and i'm like oh god so last night i was in a silly mood after you left actually we cooked dinner and then his whole thing is like he's gonna start his stay-at-home dad thing like hashtag stay at home dad of him cooking and with the kids and stuff, cleaning the house and then see the world through my eyes as the entrepreneur, the serial entrepreneur, restaurateur. And I'm like, yeah, that's cute, but it's so intimidating. So I did my first, I said, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. So I did one of me in my robe with the baby sleeping on my chest and being like, this is why I don't have friends. Like, this is what I really look like. <laughs> and if I have five minutes, I'm with my kids. 
And he's like, now let's do one of us being silly. Because that's what they do on TikTok. It's like 30 seconds of people doing dumb shit. Oh, my God. I can't. So we're stupid together, me and Cody. Like, we're funny. So I set up the, I set up the, the, the camera and we did like slow dance to always and forever last night. And then like, I was like mimicking and we posted and it got muted anyway. Cause you can't use the song. Well, just have playing the background, I guess. Yeah. Or, and oh, they gotcha. muted it. You have so, to, with some of this work. stuff, if you, you have to use the music they have built into the app because that's all licensed. There's a whole thing about that, but yeah, they're you really. You would know. You yeah. would know. I, I have to know this kind of stuff. But yeah, so you, when you musicians upload their stuff, they can upload to TikTok and license it on there to be used on TikTok. But if you have like background noise and stuff like that where music's playing, that can get flagged. It did in like two yeah. seconds. So I was yep. like, we just ta- took 45 minutes out of our life to determine how we were going to op- upload our first video. Because <laughs> this is what the world's coming to. So I learn. Yep. And then it got canceled anyway. So then I just picked up the camera and I'm like, this is what you guys are doing to determine if you're going to make millions overnight. Meanwhile, I'm out there trying to do it during the day. So let me get back to work. Oh, end scene. I mean, it's frustrating to have to keep up with the social media shit. I hate it. Just for what I do, I'm trying to build my mixing and all that stuff. And I am stuck on social media. I, ha- I have to post. I'd be doing more of it. And I hate it so much. And mm-hmm. I almost want to like hire someone else to do it. But I'm just not there where that's like financially responsible. But here's the thing. But- even when you can afford, even I can't, right? But I have to make this expense because like you, my shit's on there. You hire these people, then they still have, you like have to have these meetings of what needs to yep. be done still. So it's like. Well, the tricky part is uh, audiences generally gravitate towards the personality. So they want to see you. So you still have to do, even with someone managing your account, yep, you still have to I'm do at. most of the heavy lifting because the, you can't just have someone do that for you. Mm-hmm. Like it, it has to be you. Mm-hmm. You are the face of it. So you're stuck doing it no matter who you have help you out. Like Amen. you really still have to do it all. Amen. And then you pay for it twice. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm at. But oh, reaching for my water. So um, yeah, social media and keeping up with the Joneses or the Kardashians, literally, right? And uh, trying to stay relevant. But I'm in this weird cusp of my target market for my restaurants are also the baby boomers right? They don't give a shit about social media as much. And then I have to stay relevant in the up and coming hipster millennial movement to have both genres come to my restaurants. So I have to work double in both sectors and it's exhausting. But I mean, I'm good at it in the sense that I'm interesting and don't have to. So at least I have, I'll never run out of content. (laughs) So that being said, I've been going after this project for two and a half years. And it's a big one. Like the big boys were coming in for the same space and they didn't get it. I did. And uh, it's been gaining a lot of traction and um, it's exciting. It's very exciting. And I got this new fancy chef that I'm like pursuing right now. He's coming from Vegas and it's larger than life, right? It's uh, Tom Colicchio is a guy that a famous chef. If you look him up, you'll recognize the name, but he worked in like the MGMs and the Venetians and the all the places I grew up going. Now, what are the effing chances that he just falls, literally falls on my lap? I have a good friend here in town that, well, who was here in town visiting and uh, we had a moment because he lost his beautiful wife recently and uh, to stop us both from crying <laughs> after seeing each other, he immediately changed the subject. He's like, do you need a chef? I'm like, 
oh my god, yes, I need a chef. And in general, I need a chef. I, I need anybody on my team right now. So if, if you want a job in a really great hospitality group in Central PA, hit me up. <laughs> but um, he literally was like, yep, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get him to send you your resume. It literally happened overnight. I flew him out here, wanted to show him all of my restaurants. Here's the bigger picture. He has a great big personality to match mine. Great guy. We're still, we're still uh, tangoing because, you know, I got to convince him to come to York and give him sticker shock with what they pay here. And I pay higher than the industry allows. So I'm, I'm working it. I'm going to get him here. I'm going to get him here. You hear me, Dougie. You're coming. But, uh, yeah, my chef, Doug, I mean, um, Dave Clark needs somebody with vision on his team, too, to execute what we're trying to do. So two Tonys, I'm trying to go after James Beard next year. Uh, we got, you know, our wine program, our cocktail program, and now our service needs to step it up a notch. So I'm like, for me, I, I've stepped away from the operations in the restaurants, and you could feel that in my restaurants, according to the regulars that I established when I first started. If you go to my restaurant now, it's a different restaurant. It's got the same bones, but I don't micromanage my staff. I give them my my vision, and then I let them totally pursue their vision because why not that's what makes an interesting restaurant right like you have amazing talented chef you have amazing talented bartenders you have amazing talented wine staff or uh, wine som and then you have amazing talented service and I mean I've always been that way I don't like to micromanage you now if you need to be micromanaged I'm gonna be on that ass (laughs) all over it and then I mean we get to the we get to the goal together but I was going somewhere with this. Oh, I don't go to the restaurants anymore and manage them. I don't, I'm not in there uh, exceeding expectations anymore. I'm not trying to raise the bar for York County anymore. It's kind of gradually going in that direction because of the standards that's been set. Now going back into it, touching back in, I'm getting my feet wet again because I'm on, on to the next bigger project, right? So I'm, I'm like, going back into my establishments and being like, okay, how about this tweak and that tweak and this tweak and that tweak? And it's reigniting my passion for it again. Because for so long, I've been at a desk working on my business and not in my business. Now keep in mind, I'm a bona fide hostess. I hosted, became a server, absolutely love the hospitality industry because it's really the only industry you can get instant gratification in 30 seconds. If you work in other industries, it takes months for your work to be acknowledged, if it even gets acknowledged or recognized, and it's a thankless job most of the time. Hospitality game, you know if you made somebody happy or angry in 30 seconds, and they'll let you know. (laughs) And they're going to have a smile on their face, or they're going to be like, um, where's your manager, right? And I fell in love with that, because I need instant gratification with what I do. And there's a whole slew of people like me. That should come back to the hospitality industry and work in a business that you get that from. Because even more so, social media has created that instant gratification with a like or a swipe or whatever, right? So now you're competing against this virtual world that gives you those same feels. But there's something about being in front of somebody giving them a product and seeing and engaging in that experience rather than commenting on it. So for so long, I've been like behind the computer, sending these emails, 
setting up these meetings, doing what it takes to move my business into the next phase. But you always go back to basics and you get that human interaction, especially post-COVID, my God. And it makes you really like appreciative of setting up those experiences for people. So hospitality is either in you or it's not. So for folks in the hospitality industry, what's been happening in the shift that has been taking place in now it looking like a career, because now we're paying competitive wages, right? I'm paying premium labor. And uh, hopefully, hopefully what happens after, um, you know, pandemic aftermath sort of settles in is that the industry is now looked at in a different set of eyes. Instead of, oh, it's just a passing through job. Oh, I'll do this while I'm in college for my real job. Or I'll do this at moonlighting from my day job as extra side hustle money, which is the majority of the people who come through our industry, right? Maybe, just maybe with these competitive wages, it'll be more respected that you work in this professional setting of giving people a service. And correct me if I'm wrong, over in Europe and other countries, it is like that. Like it is more of a, a, seen as a career path to yes. do that rather than like here, like you said, it's just, oh, I'm going to do this on the side while I do try to build up this or that or yep. whatever, or passing through. Yep. Yeah. And and maybe that's because those countries have been around for years and years and years that this new, this new robust uh, mode that America is in, that everybody can be an entrepreneur and everybody can work mm-hmm. for themselves. Maybe they've already gone through that phase <laughs> as being an older country and they're wiser and they just do what works. And we're just all still trying to figure it out. And America's me, 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 me. I don't know. It's weird. It's very weird time to be in my industry because what we knew and what is are two different things. A matter of 365 days. It has completely taken our industry and flipped it upside down. So people who are now applying to be in our industry are like we're getting resumes and say uh experience stocked shelves great what 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 do you want to do i want to make dinners like literally great (laughs) what experience do you have in the kitchen i know how to use a knife great that's a starting point let's start there Mm -hmm. now these people have been in the industry for 10 20 years and they have these jobs on their resume that were longevity like we used to weed out Somebody who didn't stay at a job for more than a year. Oh, you have commitment issues. I'm not about to train you. And then you go on to the next one. But before we get into that, let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. With my voice, of course. I'm getting ready. Hey, guys. If you're like me and you had no idea where to start with your podcast and you have an idea for it, let me suggest looking into Anchor. They help me out. It's a free creation tool that lets you record, edit, and distribute your podcast all from your phone or computer. So it's not so intimidating. Anchor will take care of all the distributing of your podcast so you can be heard on popular platforms like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and there's so many more out there. You can even make more money off of your podcast with no minimum listenership. So there's no pressure of having to figure out where you're going to get paid to do this. They take care of it all. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. If you'd like to check it out, download it for free on the app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. I'm getting ready. 
So he would pass that up because he had a stack of applications under them. Now you're like, oh, it's an application. What does it say? <laughs> and they're like, well, they said they know how to use a knife. Great. We'll start there. <laughs> how much do they want? 25 an hour. Offer them 15. <laughs> and Chef now has to take time out of his day to train him how to use his knife. It's crazy. And then we got to like hype him up. Let me give you a gift card for signing on. <gasps> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And then and then you sign on and you're like, oh, my God, you showed up today. Think, how was your night? Did you sleep okay? Do you need a new pillow? Do you want me to send this pillow that I have is so great. You'll get such a great night's sleep. Can you be here in the morning? <laughs> like, <laughs> and then they don't show up. You're like, fuck. And then behind the scenes, you're like, shit. Well, I guess I'm going to take on the 25th shift of the week. And, you know, you keep your core team you know, engaged and, and going. And we all j joke and laugh about it because it's what we're in. It's crazy. So now I've created Presto, right? Presto is um, geared towards teenagers as their first time job. They don't have to worry about knife, open flame, nada. You go in, you make the food hot, you put it in a box. That's all. That's it. So the hope is that when things settle, and people stop, you know, getting a paycheck to stay home, which will happen. It will happen. It has to happen. That, you know, when you come back to work, you have a different respect for the restaurant industry because those restaurants that survived are there to serve you on your night out. Or else what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? There's nothing else to do. You could do everything online except eat. You can order food to your door. But you got to eventually go out and do something. You can't go shopping anymore. There's no places to shop. What are you going to do? You're going to go eat. That's your entertainment from now on. So this next project dun, 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 is geared towards something in that realm. <laughs> right? Give you something to do at night. So as I attract different team members to come on board, that's the expectation. Either you know what's up in this game or don't play it. Or learn it. Respect it enough to learn it. But don't treat it like it's a passerby. It's exactly what you look for when you go out to eat. You want to be entertained in these places. So have a little respect for them. Because, you know, it takes a certain caliber of person to pull them off. Because you are going to be the first one to complain if your service was bad. Or if you paid for something you didn't like. You're the first one to tell somebody. So if you're signing up to be in this industry, then at least have respect for it and deliver or, or keep it moving. I'd rather deal with I'd rather deal with a revolving door than to to deal with mediocre. And that's where we're at right now. Like if you don't have the desire to want to learn what's on my wine list, I survived a pandemic. I'm pretty sure I'm going to make it without you. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to have that attitude, I still have to maintain that attitude as an employer. Or else you just start settling for mediocre. Like, I'm not okay with that. You shouldn't be either. So I'll, I will attract by being that way. I will attract the people who want to work in that environment, that love to deliver an experience and get that instant gratification in 30 seconds of, thank you so much for making my night. And then guess what? You go home with cash in your pocket because you just served that table. And I mean, the government's the only one I'm competing with. <laughs> That's the only industry I'm competing with right now to be able to offer cash in your pocket. <laughs>
overnight. Oh, and the reality of that sucks, but it's true. Yeah, and then people scare you if, you if you pay attention to the news, which I don't like to, but you got to have your finger on the pulse. People scare you like, don't open anything else in this environment and people are going bankrupt and Restaurant Relief Fund is running out and help this industry survive and, oh, there's going to be another wave of it. Like, it's scary. And the restaurant industry already is scary. Like, it's already the biggest risk because of the failure rate, right? Because there's so many variables to the restaurant industry. I got, I was explaining this to the bank the other day. Like, I have perishables as inventory. So I can't just put something on a shelf, close down for two days, and then reopen and then everything's still on my shelf. It's, it has an expiration date and a very fast one. And then you add 35 different products on your shelf that have all different expiration dates so you're like juggling all of your different products for your menu and your and your labor co- I mean your um, food costs and your um, you know the hours you're open how many reservations you have all of that is variables so if I have a booked out reservation book for the weekend snowstorm hits have to close down so I bought already because now you have also the variable of you have to order from your distributor a week before so it gets there in time and then you have to prep it for that weekend so all these different variables are in play so just think about juggling balls now balance on a ball while you're juggling and that's the restaurant business so now a snowstorm happens you got to shut down all that prep labor hours right all that ordering through the distributor food costs all that storing of the product, right? All of the anticipating who's going to be in your restaurant that weekend. So you have 150 covers and they're all about to come in and eat all of this food. Gone. So now I have $5,000 worth of product and labor put into this weekend that I have to make money on to be able to purchase it again next weekend. Because it's now a cash flow game. So that money comes in. I still have to pay my bills. I still have to pay the labor. I still have to pay the food cost on it. And I have no income. So now you just wiped out five grand. Plus your following week, where are you going to get the money to buy the food? So now you got to dip back into your reserves. So now you got 5000 out of your bank account, 5000 you lost, so now you're negative 10 Going into a week that you only have 25 reservations for. So now, forget it. You're going to take months to catch up to what you lost on that weekend. And that's what's happened with the pandemic. And people don't understand that. I can't just turn, what do you mean? Thanksgiving Eve, you're going to make me close at five o'clock when you've prepped for the biggest drinking day of the year. And he shut us down. We had all that product. I'm still selling shit that I bought from that event in my in my inventory. So I have on my books money that should be in the bank, but it's money that I've purchased in liquor bottles that are hanging out on the shelf that I sell by the ounce that you have 45 different bottles to choose from in a drink. Do you know how many drinks you have to sell to go through those 45 bottles of ounces in order to make your money back and a profit in order to keep your lights on, your taxes paid, your mortgage paid, your inventory paid? Like all that shit still needs to be paid for. People don't understand the restaurant business. It's not like retail. It's not like, oh, I have my rent and my mortgage and I still have my clothes on. the. It's okay. They'll still be there tomorrow when I open up. Nothing. 
We lose on a minute-to-minute basis. If I have no business coming in and there's two dishwashers standing back there, that's $30 an hour that are just hanging out. So that means I have to sell $30 worth of food just to pay for them in that hour, right? Plus the money that it takes to keep everything else on. So if I'm not doing at least $1,000, just throwing numbers out there. Now you got taxes on top of that. I hear that our taxes are going to be raised for unemployment after the first year to 25%. They're talking about it going up to 25%. You think you're going to survive that? So that means every dollar I make, I'm going to have to pay 25% on unemployment being a possibility in the future because we have to make up for what we've given out. No shit, I knew that was coming, but we're going to have to pay for it. So then take a quarter off of every dollar I make just to pay that, let alone everything else like now food costs. My food costs fucking ridiculous right now and you guys hear it in the news but I'm experiencing it so develop my menu takes 30 cents on the dollar to create my my menus right 30 percent food costs <sighs> right there's it increased now it's almost it's almost 35 to national average now because I make my own pasta I can keep it lower which is why I'm still allowed to survive because I'm doing pasta and 15 year olds So my model will help me to survive because I got smarter than the average bear. However, my industry is sucking dry right, bone dry right now. And you don't know who's going to make it out alive because we're still, even though they sent us relief money, thank you, shut you down and then send you relief. Thank you so much. Like I'd rather have the opportunity to save myself. And then you give that money to people who really need it. There are people out there who really need it. I'm not, I can do this. I promise you. Just give me the opportunity to do what I do. But now they're going to tax me to death. So that's the reality I'm sitting in right now. And I didn't mean to go political with it, but I can't help it because that's where we're at. Like my business is now being determined by political people. Oh, just it, it kills me. So I have to survive this. And that's why I just keep pivoting because I'm, 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 I'm an entrepreneur and you can't, we find ways through opportunity to survive and live out our visions because we're, you can't, when you're an entrepreneur, you know it, you can't stop. Like they'll put a roadblock in your way and you'll be like, all right, this way, boop, going that way, up, over, round, down, I'll dig a trench. It's just natural wiring. But when they keep making it more and more difficult, you like, you have to do things that excite you. So that's why I'm engaging people on social media more because it gives me that instant gratification of keep going. People are engaged. People want to see it. People want to hear it. And then people want to taste it because essentially that's what I do. I create experiences for you and that's what makes me tick. I don't eat in my restaurants. I do it once in a while. I do it for you. And why do I do it for you? Because on the back end it makes me tick. It makes me tick and have purpose to keep continuing to bring it for you. Not so I can keep affording the things. The things are what is my trophy because I lose sleep at night. <laughs> I lose, I lose um, the will if I don't pick a lifestyle and work for it. You know what I mean? Because these people, you do it for your community to leave something behind. But my restaurant can come and go tomorrow and people won't give a shit what Tony's doing. So I got to get something out of it too. So I do it for my boys and my family so I can put my mom on a cruise ship every day of her life. So, um, yeah, that's it. That's where I'm at. That's my, my brain dump for the day. <laughs>